0: Hello, everyone. I'm Kelsey, and I'm Lindsay, and you're listening to Hobbits at Heart. Thank you all for joining us again, everyone. We're here back again, just me and Kelsey today to continue talking about Return
1: of the King. Uh, But how are you doing today, Kels? Good. I was like, we were just saying before we started recording, I'm just so like happy and giddy when I get to talk to you.
0: (laughs) I know. Same. It was funny. It was like we were about to start and I was like, oh, I have like those
1: butterfly feelings for some reason when you get a little nervous and excited. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly how I'm feeling right now. So I just love it because even though this can sometimes like we do this, sometimes we're tired and it's late. It still always is so much fun. And like, it's just good to have a conversation, not only just with you, but with everyone listening and about something that we both love. So I'm feeling really good tonight.
0: Oh, great. I know me too. Yay. And I have to tell the listeners, uh, you all probably know that Kelsey makes amazing masks. Oh my goodness. And (laughs) I got my masks in the mail last night and Kelsey surprised
1: me with a Lord of the Rings mask. (laughs) I did. Oh, she texted me. Um, when she got it last night and was like, oh my gosh, Lord of the Rings, what the heck? So I'm super glad I was able to surprise you, Lindsay. Yeah,
0: that was so fun because I, you got the Lord of the Rings fabric after I had already placed my order. So Mm -hmm. I was fully prepared to place another order for just one mask for the Lord of the Rings pattern. And then I was like, Oh, but then I'm going to fill up someone else's spot. And then when I got it, like I was, I was actively thinking about it, like, okay, am I going to order it? Am I just going to ask her? I don't know. And then I opened it and I was like, "It's there!
1: <laughs> Yay! successful surprise. So yes. I'm so glad that you like the mask Lindsay. I'm just like, I've been loving making them. So I was really glad that I was able to give you a Lord of the Rings one. And I just cut out one so I can make one for myself today. So we'll be matching. Yay. Oh, we should, we should post a picture in our masking
0: masks. Oh my gosh. Masking.
1: Yes. Our masking masks.
0: <laughs> our our masking masks. Oh my God. <laughs> that reminds me of ouchie, ouchie,
1: ouchie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Also, oh. I wanted to bring up this meme that I texted you about yesterday about, ah. um, The Witcher, (laughs) is that what it's called? Yes. So I have never watched it, but I'm curious if our listeners have and if they've they know what meme I'm talking about. If you can elaborate more, Lindsay. I don't know anything about it.
0: Yeah. So it's basically a picture of Geralt from The Witcher. And it's oh, I forget the actor's name, but you know Henry Cavill. Cavill? Oh yeah, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Um, who plays him in the Netflix Show, and it says um, I have this theory that everyone has a crush on Geralt because he's the perfect blend of Legolas and Aragorn, <laughs> and I and then the, like the meme at the bottom is like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense. Yes, and it, I mean I think it's true. Geralt is <laughs> mighty fine.
1: <laughs> so I saw a picture, like I just saw the meme, but not that I've seen him in the show. But it's so true, like it's the white blonde hair with like the ruggedness of Aragorn like oh my god <laughs>
0: yeah that show mm, I recommend that show. that show is like I told you Kelsey it's it's a little bit darker. it has a lot of like witchcrafty stuff in okay. it um which I, I mean think it's I think it's, cool. it's cool. yeah it's a really cool fantasy story so
1: definitely recommend if you're into fantasy. I'll put it on my list. yeah <laughs> well. I think we're ready to just jump on in with this episode, huh? I think so. I'm excited. Me too. This is a good good section. Not only are we done talking about Shelob. Thank goodness. God. (laughs) But we get to talk about the ride of Rohirrim and just some of the most epic, heartfelt moments, I think, in all three movies. So yeah, um, we left off last week um let's see right (laughs) when frodo was a rubber band ball and uh he was taken by the orcs to the um what is it the tower that starts with a c um no kirith uncle that no he's
0: in kirith uncle
1: or no they take him to the tower of kirith uncle okay yeah you're probably right (gasps) i'm right I know stuff. What okay. You, Kelsey. I'm so excited. So we know that Frodo is not dead. And Sam knows this now too, which is amazing, but we don't know that Sam has the ring. So that's where we're at. So it cuts mm-hmm. back to Denethor and Pippin and Pippin is like, no, Denethor stop. He's not dead. <laughs> and no one's listening to him, which is literally so frustrating. I just, there's zero redemption quality with Denethor, like. I just kept getting more and more frustrated every time he was on scene, Um, especially when he tells Pippin, like, you're free of your service. Go now and die in whatever way seems best to you. Like, damn.
0: (laughs) I know I wrote down, not like I would say this to someone, but if you wanted a really horrible insult, (laughs) that is one right there, like please don't ever say that to someone that's a horrible thing to say but I was like wow that is such an insult it really is like just
1: (laughs) die whatever way you want just do it
0: yeah (laughs) oh god poor Pippin and and it's so sad because especially knowing in the books that Pippin and Faramir become really good friends just imagining like that frustration of you know Pippin's a hobbit so people don't take him seriously so they're Mm -hmm. not going to listen to him Um, Yeah,
1: especially like the moment that they had earlier in this movie with like where Pippin is wearing Faramir's clothes and then to see him like everyone thinks he's dead, but they're not even taking the time to check. Did anybody check his pulse? I don't think so. No one did this? No one did this? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on. Oh, for the Uh, listeners, I was checking my pulse. I don't know if you could. And looking at her imaginary (laughs) watch. watch. (laughs) But seriously, it's so beyond frustrating. So anyways, Pippin gets really frustrated and mad. So he goes to find um, Gandalf, but the orcs have invaded the city and people are dying. Yeah,
0: it's so horrifying. I mean, all of these women and children are running and screaming and the orcs are just infiltrating the city. Like, ooh, that's scary. Yeah. I I wrote down, (laughs) if that were me, Just kill me quickly, please. Like (laughs) I have this thing where I've told my coworkers this. Okay. (laughs) There's a zombie apocalypse and it comes down to a point where like, we're running from zombies. Just kill me. (laughs) Like shoot me in the head and throw me and save yourselves because I don't want to live through it. (laughs) And I don't know why this moment reminded me, The scene reminded me of that. I was like, it's like the zombie apocalypse. Just mercy, kill me, please. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I feel (laughs) like I would definitely, like in a movie like that or something, I would for sure be one of the first people to die, but not by choice. I think I would just be one of those people (laughs) that just dies. (laughs) Yeah, especially
0: because I hate running. So I think I would just- (laughs) I think I would
1: just get too tired. <laughs> but zombies are really slow. <laughs> okay. However, orcs are not slow. So yeah, yeah, I would probably die because I can't run fast enough as well. Yeah, same. <laughs> and I don't know how to fight. Like, I don't know how to defend myself in like I don't a fight. either. Like, I feel like I think to myself, like, yeah, if I was ever
0: attacked, <laughs> I know what to do. But I feel like I would just seize up and be like, <laughs> paralyzed
1: yeah Yeah, I know what to do (laughs) go for the throat go for the groin (laughs) I would just uh what is it from Miss Congeniality where they go like nose oh yeah gut groin or something I don't know what they spell I don't know I don't know know. anyway um so (laughs) Pippin though he's not dying (laughs) neither is Gandalf they run into the Nazgul Nazgul yeah Mm-hmm. um Who basically is like not so fast? Check out my flame sword. <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> Literally, they're just like talking. Like he could have totally killed them by then, but he's like, "Wait, let me show off." Whoosh, flame sword. <laughs> oh no, we're like ten minutes. In this. <laughs> I think I broke Lindsay. You did. Okay. Oh, my God, you really are dying. <laughs> It's funny, though, because when you laugh, Zoom doesn't really pick it up. So it's just silent. Oh, Oh my God. Okay, I just just,
0: (laughs) (laughs) thought of, like, the Nazgul being, like, (laughs) not so fast. (laughs) Well, have fun
1: uh, editing that out. Or maybe you don't have to. I don't know. (laughs) We'll figure it out. So the Nazgul is there. And like we said, he has his flame sword and um, Pippin. He has that moment where he's going to try and fight just to protect Gandalf. I know I wrote, I just can't get over how
0: brave these hobbits are because I think it's after the Nazgul shatters Gandalf's staff, which is such a like, Oh shit moment. Like Gandalf is supposed to be so powerful. And then the witch King like is about to take him out and then Pippin, like sweet, precious baby little
1: Pippin is like, oh, fight him. <laughs> oh, I know. And I think, I think I kind of touched on this lap- last episode. This is where I kind of started getting sucked in to the story more so than I have in the past. And like mm-hmm. starting to see the emotion behind every scene. Yeah. And this part, it's just like. It puts it in perspective of like, wow, Pippin is literally laying his life on the line, not only just to run to find Gandalf, but mm-hmm. in this moment, the freaking witch king. And he's like, I'll fight you. Like, what? Yeah. It's just, it's, ugh. it's so crazy to me. And I think I mentioned in the last
0: episode how we really start to see the bravery of the hobbits mm-hmm. in this section of the movie. And I think that was another one of those moments that I was alluding to where it's like, man, Pippin really is just so brave. And you can see how dire the situation is because, you know, Pippin can't even fight the Nazgul because he's too powerful. And then you see Gandalf having these tears in his eyes. Like, you know that this is really, really bad. And I think I didn't write this down, but if I remember correctly, uh, the Nazgul saying you sent frodo to his death right does he say that like in english yeah to gandalf um i didn't write it down but he probably did yeah i didn't write it down but it's coming to me now so i oh, think that's okay. another reason why gandalf is he has tears in his eyes because he's like oh my god <laughs> we're all gonna
1: die oh my god frodo. i am <laughs> <He's> gonna die <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh boy! Well, it only kind of gets uh, worse from here. So, but so much better because, yeah, because the next then scene they get into the motherfucking rescue. Yeah. <laughs> finally, finally, we've been waiting yes. for this moment for so long of him to finally put on his big boy pants and be a leader, and um, that happens here in the the scene is called the Ride of the Rohirrim, which is just so epic.
0: Yeah, and I wrote in all caps, this is Theoden's redemption. And I love this part so goddamn (laughs) much.
1: (laughs) I wrote, oh shit, here we go. (laughs) Cause it's just like, you're like, oh my God, here we go. We're getting ready. I'm so excited. And again, like I'm finally understanding these scenes a little bit more and they're having a bigger impact on me. So I was getting hyped. Um, but yeah. then I was like constantly afraid that he was going to see Eowyn. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> Eowyn, watch yourself. Don't be seen.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I, I have to, I feel like I also have to read my notes because I was like, I love, 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 love the scene. It's so goddamn epic. OMG. I have chills. Goosebumps everywhere. Ah, the music. This is so, so good. Fourth Airling, guys. <laughs> Like, it was just
1: like, like losing my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, you've seen it, but like, my thought is like, oh my God, I can't even imagine seeing this on a big screen. Like, (gasps) everything's just so big and clear and epic.
0: Yeah. I wrote down, I wish that I have, I wish that I saw this in theaters
1: because it's, oh, you didn't see this one in theaters?
0: Mm -mm, I didn't see any of them in theaters.
1: Oh, it's a sore point for me. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Oh man. I have to say though, in this scene, when they're showing like Mary and Eowyn on their horse again, like I just love the relationship that they created between them. They're both so scared. They're both doing something they technically Mm -hmm. like shouldn't be doing in, you know, according to like society. Yeah. And, but they're still going to do it together. Like they're doing it even though they're afraid. They know that they need this is what they need to do and they want to do it and they're doing it side by side.
0: I know and they're giving each other courage and they're giving each other strength. You know Aoen's telling Mary like stay stay by my side, stay with me. It's <laughs> just like I'm here for you. We're here for each other. It's so sweet. I just got the chills.
1: I know <laughs> you said that. <laughs>
0: So for this scene, there's just a couple things that Bernard Hill, who plays Theoden, said that the charge of the Rohirrim is the his number one filming experience ever. Oh my god, which is gosh. impressive because he's done a lot of movies. I mean, I can't think of them all off the top of my head besides Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> but <laughs> and, you know, he's an actor who's been around for a long time. Um, and you know how um, Theoden rides up and down and he bangs all of the spears with his sword. That was actually his idea. And he just did that, like, cause he was like, this moment needs more. And so he was the one who started oh riding up and down and banging the spears, which I thought was so cool.
1: That is like, what a great addition that like, as an actor, you get to put in there, put in the movie, you know, like, that's so cool. Yeah. And it, I think it, uh, It really escalates the scene even more. So I'm here for it. I think. Yeah. And I'm glad that they like the directors, whoever directed this scene, probably Peter Mm -hmm. Jackson. It's such a big scene. I don't know. um, Yeah. That I'm glad they like take input from the actors. Oh, yeah. It might not Mm -hmm. always make it into the film, but like what a cool relationship they probably all had where they could like an actor would feel comfortable saying, hey, I kind of want to try this one thing and it made for such an epic moment.
0: I know I have more in my notes. I wrote, you have to bump this part up the music, the emotion, the orcs forming ranks, the horses charging. Yes. Seriously get chills every time. Yes. (laughs) And when
1: they zoom out, oh my gosh, I did not realize there were so many of them. Mm -hmm. Like I know earlier they say like 6,000 and then they get more, but like, 6,000 is a number. And then when you actually think about like that many or more people on horses being in a condensed area, like, oh my God, there's so many. Yeah. Uh It's,
0: I, I feel like I can't belabor this point enough. <laughs> like, this is one of my top three moments in like all three movies, probably. I remember I was watching it um with my ex and he was like, <laughs> after that scene he was like you were really into that because I like <laughs> sat up and I like leaned forward and my eyes were like glued to <laughs>
1: <scene>. <laughs> it's so good yeah <sighs> um so then they all start riding and I was like you better ride <laughs> look mm-hmm. at those horsies <laughs> and then immediately I was like oh one just died oh, no. oh no. <laughs> in parentheses sobs <laughs> Oh, because it's like orcs. so hyped and then so quickly is like oh this is war <laughs> yeah see um I love those like all the close-ups of the orcs faces and Eowyn is just like a badass oh it's so good
0: yeah I love uh how they did this well first I wrote Eomer looking fierce as hell of course <laughs> uh, of course had to notice our guy Eomer <laughs> I love how they show how scared the orcs are. Like you see the fear that they're like, oh shoot. And yes. then you see the the horses are charging and there's all of this incredible swell of music and they're all screaming. And then the music just cuts and you hear the sound of the battle for like a split second. I don't know. Yeah. It's just,
1: it's very good storytelling. Very great editing Altogether, together. I think this isn't even like, we didn't even analyze the scene. We're just fangirling over it, really. I know. <laughs> Which is like the opposite of She-Lob. So this is, we're due
0: for this. Yeah, I think so. I wrote after that scene, I literally fist pumped in the air like Dwight does <laughs> when he sees the fire truck in the fire episode. I literally like, went like,
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> You're such a dork, Lindsay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Thank you. Um,
0: I do have a quick like a side note from the behind the scenes again where I wrote that um they had about 250 riders for the charge of Pelinor Fields, which is a lot of people on horses. Yeah. Um, And they had originally, like, for the Rohirrim, they had had a handful of maybe, I don't remember the exact number, but maybe, like, 50 riders that they were using consistently. But they needed a lot more for this. So they just sent out a huge open call all across New Zealand saying, like, anyone who has a horse wants to show up,
1: be here. (laughs) Apparently, a lot of them were women. Mm -hmm. So they had to, like, get in hair and makeup to be men, which I thought was the coolest thing.
0: Yeah. And they, a lot of them just camped on Pelennor fields because they didn't have a spot to put their horses and they wanted to be with their horses. So a lot of them like pitched
1: tents and they kept their horses in their trailers. And wow. They I wonder just though, hung out. how long did it take to film this? Because, you know, Helm's Deep took weeks to film. Um, I wrote, some of them gave up after a week because
0: it was such hard work and they lost about a hundred people. So I think it wow. took- at least
1: over a week. Yeah. I mean, battle scenes take a long time, Mm -hmm. very long time to film. So I'm not surprised by that, but still, Oh, can you imagine people just decided to leave?
0: Oh, I know. They're like, I can't do this. This is not (laughs) movie making that I thought it would be, (laughs) but it's Lord of the rings. I know. And how fun like to all just sit around and camp out. I mean, I guess maybe that wouldn't be fun after a while, but I imagine the community that was built was really great.
1: I mean, the good thing is is that they probably needed more people in the beginning of this fight anyway. Some of them could have died in the storyline. So it's probably not the end of the world that a hundred people left.
0: Yeah. On that note about the horses, there is a whole section in the Return of the King behind the scenes that is literally dedicated to the horses and (laughs) it's yeah it's such a great section I love it so much and one of my favorite stories is that the one of after the end of the filming um they had to get rid of the horses that were like the show horses like the main character horses okay and so they offered to the cast and crew to buy them if they wanted to
1: like shadow facts
0: yeah and so a lot of the horse uh, wranglers and trainers were able to keep some of the horses And there. Oh, <laughs> I love this story. There was the, this one horse trainer who wanted, oh God, was it Shadow? I think it was Shadowfax or maybe it was Aragorn's horse. I don't remember. Okay. Either way, she wanted it. She couldn't afford it because horses are really expensive. So Vigo Mortensen bought the horse for her. <laughs>
1: Stop it yes oh my god
0: you <laughs> just got bought chills. it yeah she said she was like keeping tabs on the auction and she was like oh like so it looks like someone bought it like oh you know well that's good i'm glad it went to someone and then vigo called her and was like i bought the horse and she was like that's great and he was like i want you to have it
1: oh my <laughs> gosh doesn't
0: that just make you love him even more
1: damn it Lindsay. Are you crying? No. <laughs> I just, it's just so wholesome. It's so good. I know. That is such a sweet story. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah.
0: It wasn't going to tell it. And then I felt like it needed to be said. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> okay. Now I'm ready to move on. Okay. Back to Moving bitch on. ass Denethor is what I love. <laughs>
1: <laughs> bitch ass Denethor. So I guess I didn't realize prior to this moment that he also was planning on killing himself with Faramir. I don't Mm -hmm. know if he says anything to hint at that. Um, I thought he was just like escorting Faramir down to his funeral, but then he legit just pours oil all over himself. And I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop. Like you're killing yourself and Faramir. What the heck? He's not even dead. Just stop. I know,
0: and he's holding his arms out to the side like he's going to be crucified
1: like Jesus. I was like, what a drama king. (laughs) I know. And then um, Gandalf shows up in the nick of time, which is perfect. And it's kind of sad. Like Denethor is literally, he's going mad. Like he has no more hope. He's given up. Um, Because even though he didn't like Faramir, it's his last, I don't know, I was going to say it's like his last, um, child, right. That's living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. But like, he's not even caring enough really about that. Cause he didn't even check to see that Faramir was like still alive. I think it's almost mm-hmm. like an excuse to just like be done. Yeah. Which sounds really morbid, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it.
0: And he's not only is he giving up because he thinks Faramir is dead, but he's giving up on the people who he's supposed to be ruling. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things where you realize you've done such a horrible job. So you just.
1: He's kind of like, up. yeah, he's like taking the out, you know? Yeah. Not that there is an out, but he's, he made one up and he's taking mm-hmm. it. Um, because if it was all just based on Faramir's death, he would have actually listened to Pippin when Pippin said he's alive and he doesn't want to hear it. He, he already made yeah. up his mind. He doesn't want to hear it. Um, so it's kind of sad, but then Gandalf swoops in and says, not today, Denethor, you're mm-hmm. living. Um, except for he doesn't live. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> he doesn't live. Um, I just wrote Pippin, shadow facts, Faramir's alive. So there's not a lot of detail there, but. Um... Yeah, I have, so Pippin. <laughs> I just read my notes. <laughs> what did you, what does your note say? <laughs> it's when Denethor catches on fire. So I'll wait a second. Okay, so I have that Gandalf
0: bitch slaps Denethor again. And then Pippin, oh yeah. So then Denethor is like, well, forget you. I'm going to die anyways. And so he throws the fire down onto the wood right which erupts into flames and then again Pippin being so brave jumps into the fire yes and pushes this grown man off (laughs) the altar like he's a tiny little halfling yeah he risks his life again to save someone he hates yeah I wrote wait I'm crying why am I crying (laughs) (laughs) he's so brave I love Pippin yeah. And then, uh, I think Denethor is talking, you know, to Gandalf, like, how could you do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then Shadowfax is like, shut up, bitch. And then just <laughs>
1: kicks them into the fire. Yes. Well, wait, now that I, I'm thinking that I misspoke, does Pippin move Faramir or does he move Denethor? he moves Faramir Faramir okay so he's not saving someone he hates I'm sorry no 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 no. yeah he pushes Faramir out of the fire and then Denethor is still standing up there yes or whatever when Shadowfax is like nay bitch (laughs) 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 wow we're just on another level tonight yeah we are (laughs) Was that your note that you were laughing at? No, I just made that up right now. (laughs) Wow, Kelsey! Thank you, thank you. Um, the note that I'm talking about is the moment when Denethor goes from laying down in the fire, he like, like stands up and like flies off the (laughs) pile. (laughs) Like you can tell that like he's the actor, the stunt double is probably on like a line or something because he literally just looks like he's getting pulled off the um the pile of wood or whatever it is. Yeah. And I don't know why I had to go back and watch it like three times. I thought it was the funniest thing. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't look real. The way he's jumping off. Yeah. So I just wrote, bye Denethor, swoosh. So dramatic. (laughs) I've never noticed that. Yeah, it's so funny. You'll have to go back and watch it. I mean this could have just been a really skilled stunt double and he was managed to jump like a really far distance but it just looks it just looks silly to me um and then they pan back to gandalf and he's looking tired he's looking Mm -hmm. so beat yeah well he just encountered the witch king got
0: his staff broken had to save faramir had to see denethor killed uh, you know essentially by shadow (laughs) facts
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Shadow facts. Also, wait, I have a tangent to tell a real, really small story really quick. The other day, my niece was riding her fake little unicorn toy that she has. And she started falling off the side of it. And, um, she managed to like swoop back up and sit on the top. And I called her Legolas because yeah, yeah, it's just like what Legolas (laughs) does. And I told her she's only two. So I was like, Addie, you're like Legolas. And she goes, Wago <laughs> oh. So I taught her that Legolas was an elf who shot, shoots arrows and rides horses. And she insisted that she wants to see a picture of him or wanted to see a picture of him. And she really likes his long hair. And I was like, Oh my God. So the <laughs> next thing I'm going to try and teach her is to s- tell her unicorn to teach us the meaning of haste.
0: Oh, <laughs> my God, I love that story. I'm like clutching my face. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so cute. And I I wish I could show her more of like, yeah, this is Legolas. Look at, but it's yeah. too scary. She's two years old. Like she would be so scared. Oh, definitely. Um, but I was like, oh my God, I, I really am a true Lord of the Rings fan. I'm trying to push it onto my niece. <laughs> I'm so proud. And the way Thank she was Wegawood. Yeah. <laughs> so do you like Legolas? Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: that's so adorable i wonder if there's like a lord of the rings kids book
1: you know like an animated oh my gosh i'm sure okay let's move on because we have yeah. the battle of pelinor field and stuff is just gonna keep getting more and more intense mm-hmm. first of all this music is so epic i can't get over how good the music is in this movie just all the movies in scenes like this it's beautiful I know.
0: It really is. That, that's, that's that's the comment. It's beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote down that right when you think they're winning, you know, the uh, Rohirrim are fighting. They're seemingly very triumphant. And then these men with elephants show up. The Haradrim. Can't see it. <laughs> Kelsey's background on Zoom right now. They show yeah. up and then yet again, you're just like,
1: oh no, <laughs> here we go again. Not only are they massive, but they're all like adorned with like spikes and extra weapons on their tusks. And I literally wrote, don't want to be caught in the way of those tusks. <laughs> Yikes. Because they, yeah. swing. they swing their heads back and forth and they can kill so many people at once. And there's like these, you know, I don't even know what they
0: are. These things on top of these
1: elephants <laughs> filled <Yeah>. with soldiers. <laughs> yes. Like, um, saddles almost. What do you call that? I don't know. I feel like I don't know the word for it. Like little houses. <laughs> <laughs> That's not uh, it. <laughs> like, a, um, uh, it reminds me of like Aladdin or something when they're, or like the live action Aladdin, when you have like yeah. someone like royalty on top of an elephant in their little thing. Yeah, but I don't know what that's called. Me sure neither. There's... Okay, I feel anyway
0: <laughs> uneducated. Um, I did have a note here, which I don't want to dive into it too much, but I did feel a little bit weird about the Haradrim this time around. They just seemed a little bit racist to me, like looking at them and seeing that these are some of the only evil men that we see. Mm-hmm. Besides, you know, obviously like, all of the orcs and orakai and monsters. These are actually men Mm -hmm. and they're very clearly like, well, they're based off of Aztec and Kiribati tribes. I looked that up. Okay, But they just look very like, I don't know, like tribal, I guess. Okay. And I kind of started looking into this because I was curious, is this a complaint that other people have had? Um, And there is this whole debate about whether or not Tolkien was racist in his descriptions of things and you know there were a lot of arguments saying that tolkien was actually very actively like he spoke up a lot about you know at the time being very much against nazis and Mm -hmm. he seemed like he was ahead of his time in his perspectives on things but then he did turn around and describe a lot of the evil men as like slanty eyed and
1: dark-skinned got it so it's just kind of like it was just interesting, you know, and I will say I, cause when we were watching this, we were watching it the same night, but at different times, kind of, and Lindsay texted me about it and I hadn't watched that scene yet. And so when I got to that scene, I was like, Oh, I totally get what Lindsay's saying because you're right. The only other time that I think you and I have ever mentioned this is earlier when we see these same guys, when we meet Faramir for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Mike mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. So This is no excuse, but I'm not really surprised that this is a thing because of how long ago this was written. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not shocking to me, although it's not good. Yeah. It is a lot of times, um, a result of like the time, unfortunately. Um, but you would think that like in the films, they could maybe adjust that because these movies were only made 20 years ago, not like written in the what, 1800s or whatever. When was Lord of the Rings written? I don't know. (laughs) The early 1900s. Okay. Hey, I was close. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think that if anyone is curious to learn more, just to dive more into this, the Prancing Pony podcast, which is also a really great Lord of the Rings podcast. If you want to like go deep into the (laughs) language and Tolkien's writing and all of the mythology, like it's a really in-depth Lord of the Rings podcast. It's really great. Um, But they had episode 192 is on race, Tolkien and the Middle Earth, and they bring in a variety of different people to talk about it. And that was one of the things that they kind of came to the conclusion too, is that Tolkien was kind of, his intentions were good. He was a product of the times, but there are some problematic things. So I think it's important to like be able to acknowledge that. For sure. And, you know, I think we put made a post about this on Instagram, like even though we might love something to recognize that there are things now that aren't fully acceptable like they were in the past, you know? Yeah.
1: I completely agree. And thank you so much, Lindsay, too, for not only like doing the research on all this, but bringing it up Um, because it's also like not the easiest thing to talk about. I feel like personally with you, I could talk about stuff like this all the time, but for some people, it's really hard to talk about because you don't want to say the wrong thing and you want to, you don't want to like disrespect anybody or anything. So, but it's, it's good to talk about and acknowledge and address and be aware. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I wrote a question in my notes and this is just annoying, you know, because it's, <laughs> I understand the answer, but I just had to bring it up Okay. I, um, in like every movie where there's something like this, where just like hundreds of people, or I don't know, tens of people are like dying instantly. Um, IE flus uh, flusks, tusks flailing <laughs> through the crowd, like <laughs> Why do main characters never die from things like that? Like, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I know they're main characters, and we usually see like a main character die. We usually get to watch that death, never assume someone's dead unless you like saw them die. However, mm-hmm. I just they're just never caught in random attacks that are happen to be away from the camera. <laughs> like wouldn't it be? heartbreaking if we never knew that someone died until later on like someone revealed it
0: yeah that would be i think that british television does that really well like in british tv shows they just kill off their main characters left and right (laughs) like they don't care you know (laughs) yeah like with downton abbey (gasps) Sorry, this is a spoiler for Downton Abbey, but I know Kelsey and I both watched this for the first time recently with Matthew just driving down the road. (laughs) Kelsey just left. She has left the meeting. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lindsay, you can't just bring that on me. (laughs) It just came to me. You're right though. You're right. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Oh. It just, happens. it just happens. It just happens. And then like <laughs> us Americans are like, surely he will not be dead. Surely they will not kill off a main character so abruptly. Yeah. And then it's like, eyes wide open. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I think I was just like, jaw dropped, eyes wide open, tears slowly streaming down my face. Yeah. Uh, in the Downton Abbey one, but know like obvious sorry to go back to it obviously I know why they don't do it that way like but wouldn't it just be crazy if like later on they were like where's where's Amir?" and someone was like the elephants and we were like ah!
0: <laughs> I think it would be too I think people would be angry
1: though like wait what <laughs> but it's deserves more. you yeah. can't control war unless you write it into a film and then I guess you can tr- control whatever you want there you go. <laughs> like I said, it's an annoying question that I know has an answer, but I just needed to bring it up.
0: Speaking of a boy, he killed two oliphants with one spear. I think this is when he takes a spear and he throws it at the, I was going to say driver, <laughs> the guy <laughs> steering the elephant.
1: The rider? <laughs> I don't know. The, that's a good question. Wow. You guys, it's <laughs> a little late tonight
0: we're not our brain power <laughs> is not <laughs>
1: It's not late
0: i'm normally in bed watching the great british baking show by now okay
1: so <laughs> you said that the that A. amir kills two oliphants at once because he kills the people controlling them
0: Right. And then he falls and the thing that's holding onto its ear makes it turn and steer into another Oliphant, knocking them over. It's just,
1: it's a good kill. Just had to acknowledge it. For sure. Thank you for bringing that up. It reminded me that you showed me a picture, I think, or we posted one on our Instagram. I don't remember with like the whole cast in front of an Oliphant. Was this the last episode? Oh, I showed it to you before we were recording. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just did, obviously like they're going to need a real prop elephant, 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 oliphant for the scenes where it's like laying on its side, but my God, it's huge. I didn't realize that they actually had them until Mm -hmm. I saw the picture. Yeah. It's just really impressive. (laughs) And then Aon and
0: Mary also have a brilliant kill of these giant oliphants. Yes. Uh, where Eowyn asks Mary to steer the horse, which to me would be really scary. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you want me to do what? <laughs> and then she takes the two swords and slashes its legs. So I just, I, I like those moments. I don't know. I like the cool ways
1: that they kill these giant mama kill. No, I agree. It's like they, they're quick thinking like on their feet And they're just going with the flow and the music like swells up with it again. And I was just like, I'm here for this. This is so epic. Mm -hmm. Although my next note was just like, oh, these poor elephants. (laughs) I know. Like, obviously they're bad and they're not real, um, but it's still, it's like, still sad to see. I know. Especially because elephants are my favorite animal. Yeah. (laughs) Look at both (laughs) of us. (laughs) We're like, yeah, poor little elephants. Not the elephant. (laughs) (laughs) These ones are mean though, Lindsay. They're mean.
0: I know, but they're just probably bred to be mean. I bet they're not really mean.
1: You're right. You're right. We We should free the elephants.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Kelsey. Yes. The next scene. Well, first, let's just wrap up the scene by saying Mary and Eowyn now get um, separated.
1: Yes. And... I must say, Eowyn's, I call helmet acting, is impeccable. Mm, acting mm-hmm. just through her eyes, because that's really all you can see. She, um, she's so expressive and you really tell it just her fear and everything is just on her face. And it's so cool to watch. Yeah, it's really good.
0: And then we have the scene with Gandalf and Pippin. Kelsey's <laughs> shaking her head. She doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> This is the scene, the iconic, beautiful, beautiful scene where Pippin is saying that he didn't think this was going to be the end. And, you know, essentially saying he's scared to die. And then Gandalf goes
1: into this very beautiful description of what death is like. And he says, death is just another path, one that we all must take, which just like hit me in the feels. Um, This scene is actually called a far green country. Oh, I know. I know. It just makes it that much more meaningful. I don't know. And you could just see the sadness in Pippin's eyes. These are things, this is the scene that wrecked me when we were watching it the other night. And these are things that I just never really like focused on the first time that I watched it because so much happens in this movie. And I wasn't really like attached to the characters. I didn't, know about them as much um as i do now and i think that's partly because we've been talking about it every week Mm -hmm. you know but literally gandalf is preparing pippin to die they are both so insanely brave because for gandalf to hold his shit together and calmly help pippin while probably also being terrified Mm -hmm. and for pippin just to be like yeah gandalf you're right Like we're all supposed to die. So this is okay. Like, are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. And just the delivery of it is so beautiful. I mean, Sir Ian McKellen and Billy Boyd, they just nailed that scene and I love the way Pippin says like, Oh, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, It's just like, it it really, Oh God. Now I'm going to start crying because (laughs) it's, I don't even have words death is scary. It's scary to think
1: about. And it's just one of the best descriptions of death. I think It is. It is. And I think what got to me in this, <laughs> I literally was typing Gandalf is preparing him to die. They're so brave. And then I paused it and I went, wait, wait, I am actually crying. Could you imagine what Mary and Pippin are both feeling like in this moment, my brain went to was the last time Mary and Pippin saw each other? When they were mad at each other after Pippin saw stole the Palantir or whatever, right? Yeah. And they didn't really say goodbye? Yeah. Yeah. So can you imagine? They have prepared themselves to die knowing that they never really got to say goodbye. This is like, it's so heartbreaking. And I literally in that moment had to pause and just cry because it's so... Like, oh, they're both so scared. They're fighting for the greater good. And it's beautiful to see that they're scared, but they're fighting anyway. I just, I have even more about this. I'm going to be so long-winded. I apologize, but keep going, Kelsey. I didn't (laughs) write a lot for this because, yeah, please go for it. I just think like, it's kind of, relatable because we all have that Pippin or that Mary in our life, you know? Mm -hmm. So to think about like being, going through something so difficult and so scary and knowing that they're also going through it, but you're not in it together, like, or they're in it together, but they're not doing it together. I just, I just lost it. I don't know. I texted Lindsay. I'm crying. (laughs) That's
0: like a whole nother level. When you were saying that Kelsey, it just made me think about like just the pandemic and yeah. how, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, now I'm going to cry. Just thinking about the last time that we saw some of our friends not realizing that it was going to be now like almost a whole year since yeah. we've seen them. And, you know, we all thought it was going to be a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. And then this past year, like we've just gone through so much and I mean, we're not in battle, like about right. to die, but people have
1: lost loved ones and you know, you, yeah, I know. I'm like, my eyes are watering right now. Just hearing you talk about it as well. It's, it's heavy. It is. Yeah. I know. I wrote uh, to kind of about like too many times in movies. We see people like fearlessly charging into war, you know, which is, Great, but this film makes it more relatable. Um, not that any of us are preparing for a war like this, but seeing their fear makes them more real to the audience. It makes them more vulnerable. And I talk about this later too with Aowen. but it's just like, I've never seen it quite illustrated like this, except for maybe a little bit in Game of Thrones. I know I compare the two mm-hmm. a lot, but they're similar. makes sense. It's that vulnerability, that relatability, and then, oh God, oh yeah and comparing it to the pandemic that does
0: bring a whole other level because yeah that that just that what you said Kelsey really hit me of you know not getting to say Mm -hmm. goodbye and not knowing if you'll get to and I think that a lot of people went through that this past year um yeah and so I don't know It's a good scene to rewatch and think about. (laughs) And one thing I love about this scene is the music that starts playing. They start playing the Into the West theme, which is the music that plays when, at the end of the movie, when Frodo uh, goes into the West to the Undying Lands. And so it's like that theme of the end of life
1: and how beautiful Mm. it can be. Oh my goodness. Okay. We need to move on because I'm just like going to (laughs) cry at everything. (laughs) I know. So after this scene,
0: it goes back to Eowyn on the battlefield. And I wrote, Seiden gets chomped by the fell beast and then (laughs) just gets cast to the side right in front of Eowyn and then I wrote, Aon is such a badass and brave. Like she just takes her sword and
1: lops the fell beast head off. Yes. I was like, she literally just decapitated it. <laughs> like what? And then it um, like hits her or something on her arm. Right. It was really powerful. What did they do? Start fighting or something? Yeah. So
0: then the witch king, the Nazgul gets yes. off. The fell beast and stands up, and he has that giant, like mace. Or is know. that a mace? What is that thing? I don't know. His huge weapon, his huge ass weapon, is what I wrote. Um, and then they start fighting. Yeah, and he, he, she grabs a a shield, and then he like hits her arm with that giant. That's right. Yeah, and
1: I wrote, "Oh, ouchie, her arm." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit looks like it. Hurt. And then later we see that she did, in fact, hurt her arm. Um, but, and this is when it starts going mm-hmm. kind of back and forth a little bit more. Right after that, we see Aragorn show up and oh, it's so excited. Here they are. And they brought uh, the army of the dead with them. And this is the scene that I was talking about last episode. What a badass reveal would it be if we didn't know that the army was like yeah we'll fight with you and then all of a sudden they just show up here like what that'd be so epic it
0: might have been like that in the theatrical cut I honestly don't remember so I'd be curious
1: to try to get my hands on a theatrical cut and like fast forward and see (laughs) yeah maybe anyone listening knows uh if that's the case or not so if you do you know let us know <laughs> um yeah <laughs> but at this point i realized i was like oh i didn't realize that those pirates were like there to help the orcs and so when the empty boat showed up they actually were fooling the orcs and then they were like surprise we're the army of the dead and we're going to kill you mhm makes a lot more sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> i could see how you would lose that though it's
0: not very clear And then, yeah, we do kind of go back and forth because next I think we're back to Mary, And this is when he takes his sword and stabs the Witch King in the knees, which he literally saves Eowyn. I mean, I know Eowyn, you know, and we'll get there, deals the final blow. But like
1: without Mary, it probably wouldn't have happened because she can't reach that high. (laughs) They have been fighting this whole thing Mm -hmm. together. And they were like, they had this unspoken you know bond where they just knew what to do for each other and it was perfect.
0: Yeah. And I almost went on this tangent way 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 back in our very first episode Kelsey. <laughs> okay. I started to say it and then I was like never mind it's it's too far in advance to explain. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a scene in the book that isn't in the movie where after the hobbits meet Tom Bombadil and they go through the Barrow Downs and these Barrow Whites come and almost steal them away blah 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 not super relevant to the story obviously it's not in the movie but they get these special swords that were designed to harm the Witch King of Angmar which is this Witch King like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago yeah (laughs) and it's not even expressed in the book you don't even know that it's just that I guess some nerds have put that together somehow that they know that. So it's literally like meant to be somehow that Mary just so happens to have the sword that is capable of harming the witch king of Angmar.
1: Wow. That's like foreshadowing yeah. at its finest. Yeah, totally. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you waited till now to bring this up because I think it would have been lost on me, wasted on me if you brought it up a few weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's why he can actually harm him. Mm -hmm. And And then, then. and then Lindsay, and then the moment, (laughs) the moment that we all love, this is why we love Eowyn. It is. It is. Before we really get into it. Sorry. I just have to say, you know, I've been on a, on a journey with my dislike for Eowyn and watching this movie. I think I told Lindsay or I said it in the last episode. I don't remember. Watching this movie again and taking notes on it. I finally get Eowyn. I'm here for it. I get it now. Yay. I'm <laughs> know. so glad. Because even the first time watching, I wasn't as invested. And so I was like, okay, yeah, she's like a feminist. Get it, girl. But now mm-hmm. I'm like that much more invested in the story. And I just, oh, it's so good. It's so satisfying. Oh, it's just so good. It's, Lindsay. I know. I'm going to let you take the description because you've been waiting for this for like a month.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Mary slashes the Witch King of Angmar in the back of the knees, which causes him to fall down onto his knees. And he tells Eowyn that classic line, no, you fool, no man can kill me. And then she rips her helmet off and says, I am no man and just stabs him right in the face. And kills him. And it is so good.
1: (laughs) It's so good. And you can tell that it's like difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, he doesn't really have a face. It's just smoke. So this is easy. No, it like hurts her too. Like it's really hard.
0: Yeah. No, I just love that it is a woman who kills like one of the strongest villains in the story. And I love that Tolkien did write it that way. Because I remember discussing with a friend where he had seen the movies before reading the books. And when he read the books, he he thought that was added in by like Peter Jackson or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, Tolkien wrote it that way. And there actually was this prophecy in the, in the lore saying that not by the hand of a man shall he fall. Mm-hmm. So they all took that to mean like no man can kill him. But like, no, bitch, it just needed to be a woman. <laughs> Yes. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. So good.
0: Yeah. And just going back to what you were saying about how it was painful for her, for both Eowyn and Mary, they get injured just by stabbing the Witch King.
1: Yeah. Which I think is a little more um it's better illustrated with Eowyn. I think with Mary, mm-hmm. it's like you see him and then not saying we forget about him, but like you can't but you don't really touch on him again until later. Mm-hmm.
0: And then that creepy white orc starts fighting her, which is an extended scene, by the way. And um, that doesn't happen in the theatrical
1: Oh, really? hmm You know what? I kind of loved it because this time watching through was the first time I noticed that she takes him down earlier in the movie or in the battle. And so for him to like come back, I was like, oh my God, he's trying to seek revenge and he's going to get her. Oh my gosh. And then motherfucking Aragorn comes in clutch and uh, saves her life. And, um, I wrote down something she's probably fantasized about. Am (laughs) I right? Totally. (sighs) All right. So now we have another moment
0: that I, uh, wrote a description for.
1: Please do.
0: I promised I would do this, and so here we are. I haven't looked at this since I wrote it while watching the movie, so let's see what I wrote. Oh, this is another
1: dramatic retelling of Legolas? Yes. Hell yeah. Okay, I'm here for it. Let's go. Okay, so Aragorn and Gimli just kill
0: that orc, and then Aragorn cries out to Legolas to destroy the Mummakill and... Of course he does. Who else could defeat such a foe but the magnificent Legolas Greenleaf, Prince of Merkwood? Legolas takes a moment to size up the enemy. Without missing a beat, he charges ahead and gracefully swings onto the tusks of the beast. With a very little effort, he jumps from the front leg to the hind leg. This is NBD for Legolas. <laughs> as easy as climbing a ladder, he. Sk- <laughs> He scales the rump of the Oliphant. He scales the rump of the Oliphant. (laughs) Still counting, of course. He's got to keep his count with Gimli. He shoots three men and tosses one off the back of the beast, dodging and weaving. One enemy leaps past him, crushing... Oh, leaps past him to his crushing ruin to the ground below. Not even phased. Legolas swings on a rope to the front of the creature. Is this George of the Jungle? Look how magnificently he flies on the rope. (laughs) Nope. Of course, it's Legolas the Graceful. (laughs) Okay, I'm almost through this. (laughs) He slices and dices the rope and expertly uses the weight of the carriage to walk up the side of the Oliphant. He's just killed dozens of enemies And then finally, he deals the deadly blow to the head of the beast with three arrows straight into the skull. He uses his skateboarding skills to glide down the trunk of the beast and nods to Gimli. No sweat, all in a moment's work.
1: Good job, Lindsay. Thank you for gracing us with that beautiful retelling of Legolas versus the Oliphant. (laughs) You're welcome. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. I um also love that he like surfs down the trunk. I didn't notice that the first time. So I we talked about it at length about when he did it on the stairs. So Mm -hmm. I noticed it when he did it on the trunk. So he's impressive, man. He's so impressive.
0: And he's like so effortless the whole time. He's just like, oh, you know, no big deal. Just gonna like (laughs) climb up this olivant. He's just like,
1: (laughs) swoosh, kill. Swoosh, kill. Yeah. That was my arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh no. Who let us do this? I don't uh, know. I'm sorry, all the
0: listeners, that there's been a lot of laughing tonight. <laughs> you know, I'm not sorry though, because we're having fun and I hope that you all are having fun too. Hell yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Um, at this moment, I was kind of like, wait, did they do it? I think they did it. I think they won. Did they do that? They won? <laughs> like all my notes are just question marks.
0: Yeah, it is kind of sudden. Just all of a sudden the army of the dead just swoosh through and kill everyone. Well, all the,
1: all the enemies. Do they kill everyone or do orcs end up like running away? This isn't like Helm's Deep where they run into the trees. I think they kill all of them. Wow. I mean, if you can't die. <laughs> <don't> what? <laughs> The, the undead, the, the, oh oh my God. Oh, the army of the dead cannot die because they are dead already. Exactly. Gotcha. I, I gotcha, Lindsay. Um, We got there. So then we see some of the like aftermath of the battle. We see straight to Theoden and Eowyn. And before we get really into the emotional part, like, I just got to say, I think they still both look a little too clean. Her fighting in this battle and like mm. almost dying um, or about to die. They both look, sad And especially in every scene he's in, he looks like spotless clean and it drives me nuts, but whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry to make fun of this. <laughs> oh no, what? But he's so <laughs> dramatic and he just is like, my body is broken. Like his whole <laughs> body. <laughs> it's so dramatic. Well, he had a horse land on him. I know his His whole body is broken. (laughs) I know, but it's just like he has to say, "My body is broken." I don't know. I just poor guy. (laughs) He's dying, and then immediately after, I started crying again. Like it, I was just like, "What the heck?" This just got so sad. I hate this, and yeah, especially when he says,
0: "I know your face," to Aon. And I think going back to what we had talked about in the last episode, how Théoden Theoden is a father figure to Aon. I mean, he probably took the place of her father in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when he says, I go to my father's house and whose mighty company I shall not now feel ashamed. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. like he knows that he wasn't the best king or leader, but he did have that redemption. And now he can feel proud of his final accomplishment,
1: I guess. Mm-hmm. And he should. What an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Even though he dies, I'm glad he got to live through the end of the battle to see that they've won. Mm-hmm. You know? And I have to say, this is another little tangenty thing for me, but when he is talking to Eowyn and then he says her name, like Aowen, and then he just dies, mm-hmm. I, I want to know what else he was going to say. Like, Did he just not get to finish his sentence? Did he realize that he was literally about to die and that's all he could get out? Um, Was he scared? Like, this reminded me of the end of Hamilton. If you haven't seen Hamilton or listened to it. Actually, this isn't on the soundtrack. It's just, if you've seen it, um, spoilers. The very end where Eliza gasps. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? And everyone's like, what does it mean? This Mm -hmm. is how I felt right here. Like, it just is so sad.
0: Yeah, it really is. I know. I I do wonder, like, what is he going to say to her? Or was it like, did he,
1: was he like already dying and he could see his father or something? Like, I just want to know. I want to know. Imagine how Eowyn feels. I know.
0: (laughs) And then her grief is so good too. Like, Miranda Otto did such a good job showing Eowyn's grief and losing Theoden. Like, that whole scene is just So well done.
1: I honestly forget that they're not father and daughter in Mm -hmm. the story. Like that whole scene, I just assumed that they're father and daughter, which is just really heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. And then we see Aragorn uh, talking to the king of the dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like how this is a really small note, but I like how Gandalf smiles from a distance as he sees Aragorn, because I think this is the moment well, the moment, like we talked about this before, the moment when Aragorn calls on the army of the dead is him really taking ownership of being king.
1: Yes. And Gandalf
0: is like finally getting to see Aragorn after some time. And I love how Gandalf just has this proud smile like, there's the king,
1: you know? Yeah. And then after he releases the army of the dead, Gandalf gives like a small bow because mm-hmm. he's the king. I, I just. Know. That gave me the chills, and it's giving me the chills again now. Like the level of respect between all of them is just so heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we go into
0: another really emotional part. Um, Pippin is looking for Mary, and he finds his cloak. So now he Ugh. knows that Mary is somewhere on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. But then Aomer's scream as he sees his sister dead on the battlefield is so chilling and uh, you can just feel his absolute Devastation.
1: Yeah. At first I was like, wow, Amir is being so dramatic, but like if there's ever a time to be this dramatic <laughs> when you think your sister has died is the time because let's remember, I just realized this as I'm talking, he didn't even know she was there. Yeah. He did not know she was fighting. So imagine walking through all these wounded people, seeing your sister laying there and thinking she's dead. And realizing, oh my God, she just fought in this war with us. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Lindsay and I, when we were talking about this the other day, I took a screenshot of Amir's <laughs> face like mid-screen because the terror on his face is just so evident. And and even they show Aragorn for a split second after that too. And he just looks so concerned and like genuinely sad. He cares about Eowyn. It's a It's one of those moments that I feel like I don't
0: cry as much in these movies because I've seen them so many times, but that's one of those moments where like, sometimes it'll hit me. Yeah. Um, And then we go to an extended scene, which is where we get to see Aragorn as the King using his um, special healing abilities to heal Eowyn and some of the other um, fallen soldiers. One thing that I like that I actually forgot about until right now that the person singing the song over this scene is Liv Tyler so they wanted to kind of bring in Arwen somehow in the scene which I just think is a nice touch I had no idea that's so sweet Mm -hmm. yeah I think this is where we see Aowen and Faramir yep
1: I wrote (laughs) oh shit Q Faramir and (laughs) Aowen. I want to say though um When Eowyn like wakes up and sees Aragorn, like the emotion on her face, it's kind of, she doesn't show a lot of expression, but like, she's probably so happy to see that Aragorn out of all people is, you know, healing her at her side. But then again, to realize like that her dad or not her dad, (laughs) see, there we go. That (laughs) Thedon has died and like everything she just went through, like what a mix mixed emotions to go through. Like, yeah, I'm alive. And look, it's Aragorn. I love you. But also like, whoa, we've just lost so much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can ima- can't imagine how disorienting that would be to wake up from
1: going through something like that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wonder what kind of psychological effects killing the um, witch king had on her. Like, I wonder if it was more than just physical.
0: Oh yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I do love that Aon and Fairmere end up together. I mean, they're, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where you just like, yes, this couple is right. They're meant to be <laughs> two strong,
1: pure people. I'm here for it. Yeah. I like them together. I will say like, I don't think they needed to be like, neither one of them really needed a romance at the end of this, mm-hmm. but, but I like both of them. So I'm here, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, I do want to say though, I was (laughs) (laughs) what Kelsey (laughs) Uh, What (laughs) again, I'm going to bring up the timeline of this movie. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And here's, this one's valid because they show them both like dirty, just got off the battlefield, whatever. And then they show them like all clean looks like they've bathed like her hair is all done they're in clean Mm -hmm. clothes so i assume like oh they've they've been healing for a few days or something and they're finally there but then the literally the next scene is pippin back on the battlefield trying to find mary so either they just got cleaned up and healed up really (laughs) quickly or pippin doesn't find mary until like days later i think In
0: this instance,
1: you're actually
0: right. The timeline is off because in the books, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that they spend, yeah, multiple days in the house of healing together. So the time that they like me and, you know, kind of start falling in love is while everyone else is marching to um, the black gate for the final battle. So I think they kind of just, wanted to show that. And so they kind of just snuck like that little timeline in right there. So I, I think that, um, when, Ma- when Pippin finds Mary it is more likely when Aragorn is like still healing everyone. Interesting.
1: Oh, I feel so satisfied that like, <laughs> that I have a you little feel validated. Bit. Yes. I feel validated. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just good. Like, I understand, like, it's not like they would put them meeting and falling in love after this scene, Mm -hmm. but maybe they could have shown them meeting when they were still a little beat up. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think they just needed
1: to sneak it in there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then this next scene. Okay.
0: So this is the scene where I cry every time. And I'm so bummed that Kirsten's actually not here for this episode that we're recording because this is like mine and Kirsten's like we both just lose it at this scene because she is my best friend and because I'm Pippin and she is Mary and I just love how Pippin keeps looking even though everyone else is gone and when Mary says uh I knew you'd find me it just
1: wrecks me every time this scene I think too It hit even harder because of all the realizations that I had made prior, you know, when Mm -hmm. we were talking about them not being able to see each other again and both thinking maybe they both died, you know. Oh my gosh. I just, Mary's face when he sees Pippin is like great acting. And um, when Pippin is like, Mary, it's me, it's me. And his like voice cracks. Yeah. I literally had tears just streaming down my face at this point.
0: Hmm. And I love how Pippin is telling him, like, "I'm here to take care of you." It's just
1: oh, the pure love of the hobbits. I know. I know. So and good, Lindsay. This is something too that you had told me when we were talking about this when we were both watching it. Is that the acting in these movies, particularly in Return of the King, is so good? And you wanted to bring up so that you didn't forget, like, why are these actors not in? more movies.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, and I know that this happens a lot when actors are in really big franchises or, you know, really popular series and movies that it's hard to get cast in other things, but yeah, these actors are all so good. Like every single one of them. And a lot of them haven't gone on to do very much, or maybe they did immediately after like, I know Dominic Monaghan wasn't lost.
1: Oh yeah, Um, that's right.
0: mm -hmm. Obviously like Orlando Bloom really made it, but you know, Sean Astin hasn't done a lot since then. Billy Boyd hasn't done much since then. Like I could list (laughs) almost every actor in this movie. And I'm like, they are
1: so damn good. Like I want to see them in more, you know? That reminded me of the meme that we posted today about Sean Astin being known as the guy (laughs) from Stranger Things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is up with that? I just didn't want to forget to bring that up because you're so right. I think it's easy
0: for actors to get underrated in like, especially a fantasy film. And I mean, obviously none of them well, not obviously, but none of them were. You know, we talk about how Return of the King won 11 Academy Awards, but none of the actors were nominated for Best Actor. Um, and I think that's partially because it's such a, a uh, not ensemble, but like, you know, there's so many actors. Yeah. So many different uh, main roles. But I don't know. I just feel like because it's fantasy, people don't pay attention or give it as much credit as it should get.
1: I agree. I mean, I wish they did Mm -hmm. or didn't do that, but I agree with you. Yeah. So just some
0: appreciation for these amazing actors.
1: They're so good. (laughs) And everything else that goes into the films. I swear these films are such great examples of just like what goes into making a movie and how Mm -hmm. much work and how many people and different skills. And that's getting into more of behind the scenes stuff. But every time I talk about it or watch it, I'm just amazed. Uh, Yep. And that's why I know everyone
0: has their own taste. I know not, I know Lord of the Rings isn't for everyone. And so when people tell me they don't like it, I always try to be like, you know what? That's okay. Like, it's not the thing for everyone. But deep down inside, I'm like, what is wrong with you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I think the good thing about Lord of the Rings is that, like, yeah, maybe the fantasy side of it isn't for everyone. But like, they're great films. They were made impeccably on such a large scale. And I think that anyone can really appreciate that, even if they're like, yeah, not my thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, actually, that was where we stopped taking notes. And to be honest, I can't even remember what comes next. I think we go back to Frodo and Sam. We do. Yeah, We do go back to Frodo and Sam, I'm remembering now. So that will be where we pick up next time. And we'll see see how many more
1: episodes it takes us to get through the rest of this movie, but this has been fun. It has been fun. And, um, stay tuned because I'm not sure if it'll be next episode or the one after that, but Kirsten will be returning to finish up the return of the King with us. And she has lots of thoughts about Frodo. So we're really excited to watch the rest of the movie, take those notes and talk about it for all of you to hear.
0: Yeah, so as always, if you're enjoying what we're doing, please feel free to subscribe to us, rate us, write a review, that would be really helpful. Uh, just to help us get our podcast out there more Um, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at hobbits at heart podcast for, you know, we post a lot of memes and a lot of the behind the scenes videos and pictures that we reference in the podcast. So be sure to give us a follow there. And I guess we'll just,
1: we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Hobbits at Heart. Bye. (laughs)